0: Welcome to the Sleep Easy Anesthesia Podcast.
1: My name is Francis
0: and I'm John and today we will be discussing the valvular disorder of aortic stenosis.
1: When you are finished listening to an episode, please remember to take the survey included in the episode description and provide us with your feedback.
0: Thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the Sleep Easy Anesthesia Podcast.
1: Today, we're gonna tackle a comorbidity that many of us anesthesia providers may feel a bit of anxiety when seeing in a patient's chart, aortic stenosis.
0: As always, we will be providing the most crucial facts surrounding this topic and its management in 15 minutes or less. So let's get started. Francis, what is aortic stenosis?
1: Put simply, aortic stenosis is the narrowing of the aortic valve, which pumps blood from your left ventricle to the rest of the body to an area of less than 2.5 centimeters squared. The normal range is 2.5 to 3.5 centimeters squared.
0: And why does that matter?
1: Well, having a smaller valve for the heart to pump blood through has many negative effects. First of all, in order to overcome the stenosis, the heart develops left ventricular hypertrophy concentric to be exact develops. Imagine you're drinking water through a large straw, now replace it with a thin coffee stirrer. It's gonna take a lot more effort for you to drink the water, which is exactly what the heart experiences. Even when the aortic valve is open, not as much blood passes through, which causes a decrease in cardiac output. Workload is increased and myocardial oxygen delivery is decreased due to the compression of subendocardial blood vessels by the increased left ventricular pressure.
0: So what does decreased cardiac output mean for the patient?
1: Well, cue the three most common symptoms of critical aortic stenosis, angina, syncope, and dyspnea on exertion. You can remember that as aortic stenosis makes us SAD, standing for syncope, angina, and dyspnea on exertion.
0: So what kind of tests would you want before taking a patient with aortic stenosis to surgery?
1: Well, you're going to wanna be able to classify the severity of their aortic stenosis. Make sure you have an up-to-date echo. And if unable to be determined with an echo, the patient should undergo a cardiac cath. An exercise stress test may also be a valuable way to assess how a patient will do with general anesthesia as it is a stressor. And if the patient is scheduled to undergo an aortic valve replacement and you're wondering whether it's safe for the patient to undergo surgery, ask yourself, Is this procedure elective or necessary?
0: Why is it important to ask yourself whether the surgery is necessary?
1: Because patients with aortic stenosis presenting for non-cardiac surgeries are at a high risk of perioperative cardiac complications. If the surgery is elective, it should be delayed until after aortic valve replacement. And if not possible, make sure to form an appropriate anesthetic plan.
0: If we are taking an aortic stenosis patient to the operating room, how do we manage their anesthesia?
1: Well, let's talk about our main goal. We want to maintain cardiac output.
0: But Francis, how do we maintain cardiac output?
1: Most importantly, we need to treat hypotension aggressively. Here's a scary fact for you, John. CPR is often ineffective in patients with aortic stenosis because it's near impossible to create enough stroke volume through the stenotic valve with chest compressions. So let's talk this through. With aortic stenosis, the heart is already working overtime. And if blood pressure drops, coronary blood flow is decreased, which causes myocardial ischemia and even further loss of left ventricular function and cardiac output. Heart rate is also important because a fast heart rate, AKA tachycardia, means less filling time, which means less stroke volume, which means decreased cardiac output. So repeat after me, avoid hypotension and tachycardia.
0: Avoid hypotension and tachycardia. So Francis, with all this in mind, do many providers utilize regional techniques on these patients?
1: Most choose to avoid regional anesthesia to prevent the potential sympathetic blockade that could cause severe hypotension. However, regional may still be indicated and the decision should be made on a case-by-case basis.
0: So if we do general anesthesia, what hemodynamic changes do we often see with induction? And how can we avoid this?
1: Well, we want to avoid hypotension and tachycardia. So let's avoid meds that will cause a drop in our SVR, such as propofol or increase heart rate, such as ketamine.
0: What medications does that leave us with for induction?
1: If you're thinking Etomidate to maintain cardiac output, then you're absolutely right. We should also mention that some practitioners will still use propofol, either smaller doses or chased with a vasoconstrictor such as phenylephrine. Overall, taking care of patients with aortic stenosis doesn't have to be so scary with the right planning and overall vigilance. Final question for you, John. What are the two most important things we want to avoid with aortic stenosis?
0: Hypotension and tachycardia.
1: (laughs) Exactly right, John. I guess you did learn something today.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening today to this Sleep Easy review of aortic stenosis. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Sleep Easy Anesthesia Podcast. Just a quick reminder to click on the survey link in the podcast description to provide us with your feedback. As always, we appreciate you joining us and look forward to catching you on our next episode of the Sleep Easy Anesthesia Podcast.